here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. We are in week 12 NFL. 2021 hard to believe uh the year is going fast the season is going fast uh we're in that beautiful time of the year where uh the holidays are upon us christmas music is rampant on the radio and thursday thanksgiving you get three nfl games can't look more forward to it i'm actually off Uh, i was off last year i got lucky for my job I'm, i'm off this year as well I will be cooking and keeping an eye on points and trying to make sure I didn't forget to start people. It's it's kind of like the uh, the London games on crack this week, so you got to be careful. And make sure you have all the pieces in place for uh, for Thursday before uh, before you start your actual football Sunday. Pat, how we looking, man? We got we got the Chiefs and the Cards going on the bye this week, uh, and it's a short week. And like I said, we got three uh, three juicy matchups for fantasy on Thursday that lead us into the weekend. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of a lot of potential in those Thursday night games. Of course, the Lions and the Cowboys play like they do every year on Thanksgiving, but that Thanksgiving night game, the Bills at the Saints, that's going to be, uh, I think that's got the potential to be a, a, a pretty good game. I mean, the Saints have not been great recently, but uh, neither of the Bills. So both of those teams are in the playoff hunt and, and they're going to need to get right in order to to make those uh, playoff pushes for the respective conferences. So I think it's, uh, it could be a really good game on Thursday nights. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Buffalo just got, just got pounded at home uh, by Jonathan Taylor. And there were some other guys, I think that played in the game too. Uh, <laughs> no, it was just Taylor pretty much <laughs> for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's scary. Yeah. NFL wise to see how many teams are almost like in our league of record where there's just so many teams that are, all playoff potential there's you know maybe one or two really kind of out of it one or two that are really the the lead dog so to speak and and everybody else yeah with within a game or so of each other and that could benefit a lot of people where down the road especially for fantasy playoffs you tend to see some of the teams that have already locked things up start to dial it back a little bit and uh you know maybe massage and, and eventually sit some of the starters that have been your money guys for the year uh, this looks like uh, a lot of people are going to ride it out. So I think that will come into play for those that play all 17, 18 weeks of the NFL season to get you through the playoffs. Uh, we're going to try to pick out some names right now to get you through week 12. Again, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a big, big hurt piece, uh, and the Arizona Cardinals. So we've lauded it several times with all their offensive weapons throughout the season. Both teams are on a bye. So uh, who are some guys you're looking at, Pat, uh, as far as the waiver wire to pick up? I guess we'll start at running back, right? Yeah, that's usually where we start. So uh, it's not break from tradition. Well, we just found out there's some some bad news out of Seattle. It looks like Chris Carson, uh, even though he was trying to, to come back this year, is opting to sit out the rest of the season, have surgery, and you know sort of get prepared for next year as best as he can which leaves alex collins as the main guy there in seattle Uh, i know there's some other you know running backs that are getting some touches you know your travis homer and your dj dallas's and possibly rashad penny moving forward but uh, collins he's been the guy with carson 
gone. I mean, I think he, he should see the majority of the work and he should see pretty much most of the goal line work. Since Carson has gone out, Collins has led the team team in carries every single week. So I don't really see that change in Pete Carroll likes to, um, you know, sort of get guys in there and, and mix it up a little bit, but he does tend to sort of stick with a, uh, at least a, a first and second down workhorse back. And that looks like it's going to be Alex Collins. So if he's available, which he is in about 51% of leagues, go out and pick him up and you got yourself a starting running back in, in week 12. I mean, the Seattle offense hasn't really been great, but you know, like we've said before on this podcast, many times Collins is going to be the one getting the opportunities and opportunities are what you're looking for in fantasy football. You can never predict how many yards or touchdowns or whatever a guy is going to get, but you can sort of predict touches and opportunities and you know, Collins is the one getting those for, for the Seattle Seahawks right now. Yeah. Like you said, uh, I, I do agree with that. I think he's barring an injury or again, some case of a hot hand or, or some game script. Yeah. He's going to be their go-to guy. And again, he's proven that he can handle that load. Uh, again, you know, maybe just keep your, your eyes on that situation. Seattle's kind of got a quirky offense sometimes where it just goes through Russ and, and the wide receivers, but uh, again, a starting running back on any team in the NFL, uh, for the most part, is definitely somebody to to keep tabs on. Speaking of running games, it can be a bit quirky. Everybody loves themselves some Bellatrix when it comes to the New England running game. Ramondre Stevenson has been quietly becoming a little bit of a force. Uh, where it looked like they were leaning on Damian Harris for the bulk of the season, uh, a couple little nicks and, and bruises and injuries to him kind of forced different hands. Uh, we've seen Brandon Bolden. We've seen the JJ Taylor. Uh, those guys quite, not quite the guy, uh, but Ramondre Stevenson, I actually had drafted in our league and dropped because he hadn't been getting used and had a fumble and kicked to the back of the line has played really well. Um, you know, he's, he's got almost like top 25 running back concepts going on in basically like the last four weeks where he's filled in. And again, if it's, it's a matter of hitting some home runs and getting some touchdowns and, and making plays out of the backfield, he, he can kind of do it all. Uh, again, the scores are, he's not touchdown dependent. I mean, he's got two rushing touchdowns, but uh, his overall body of work and the way that Mac Jones has been able to step up and spread the ball around, he is wise beyond his years. I always felt like he was honestly one of the better quarterbacks out of this whole draft. And again, getting with a coach like that, who's not scared to use the running game to balance things out and help his quarterback. So again, reminder, Stevenson, a uh, great name. He's available in some of these leagues. Uh, you'd be surprised, or you might be able to still make a trade for him if, if you have the potential, depending on the time of year that you're in. But uh, he looks like a guy that that definitely is worthwhile for a roster spot. And, and depending on the matchup week to week, uh, he could be a solid flex for you. Yeah, I actually think Stevenson has just a almost the same value as Harris in that offense right now. I know that Harris tends to be the guy that gets the first look around the goal line. But I think Stevenson gets a, a little a few more looks out of the backfield as, as far as a pass catcher, not a ton, but a lot more than Harris who, you know, he's more athletic. Yeah. No, no, right. I mean. Right. And it can break those. Um, you, we've seen it. We've seen it in the preseason. We saw, we saw it a few weeks ago where 
you know, if he gets a if he gets a crease, he can take it to the house. And I think yes. he's much more yeah. of a big play guy. Uh, another guy, hopefully making some big plays this week, will be New York Jets' Ty Johnson. Uh, Michael Carter went down with an ankle injury uh, about halfway through their game this week versus Miami, and um, looks like, at least from what I what I'm looking at and what I you know am figuring. Uh, it looks like Ty Johnson's going to be the guy. He's second on the team in carries. He's he's been the guy who's been sort of the you know the the fill in guy for Carter when he needs to come out and and just you know catch a little break. Um, Tevin Coleman did get some work this week against Miami after the Carter injury, but me personally, I feel like Ty Johnson is younger. He's a better receiver and. Up until this past week, has sort of been the number two guy on that roster, and I think moving forward, the Jets are going to sort of allow him to take that role and have Tevin Coleman sort of be the uh, the Ty Johnson, if you will, of the two, and, and sort of just spell Johnson when he needs a break or or when you know he needs to come out. I think that. You could pick up either guy. I, I'm leaning more towards Johnson. What do you think about that situation? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel the same way. I, I actually did pick him up a, a week or two ago because I was looking to freshen my roster up and noticed how his usage at a little bit as a running back, but definitely you know when it comes to PPR and, and running backs to get that pass-catching ability out of the backfield – he was a guy in Detroit who wasn't a horrible running back. It was just, it was horrible because he was in Detroit. And then you moved to the jets uh, preseason. I know they, they thought highly of him, but obviously Carter being the higher draft pick and he's shown his ability to be a top guy where over the last couple of weeks, he's really been basically a top five fantasy football running back. Now you see Johnson probably stepping into that role Tevin Coleman, a little longer in the tooth, uh, will give you that veteran presence. So barring any turnovers or anything, uh, I do. I think Ty Johnson is definitely maybe a, a name to keep. And, and the way the Jets play, uh, between dink and dunk and trying to get come back from a blowout, things of that nature, they're going to get you some fantasy points. Again, it's not about how good the team is in the real NFL. It's about them getting you points for your fantasy team. So, yeah, Ty Johnson, I think, is a, is a good name. Moving on, folks, step right up. Uh, I will take your tickets. You can get on the carousel right now. Uh, we're talking Tennessee Titans running backs. Oh, I don't like that ride. It's scary. Uh, no, it is. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those ones where it doesn't look that scary at first, and and some of those things seem a little familiar. But then when you get on, it's it's just it's brutal. It's brutal, and you definitely want to make sure you didn't eat right before you got on. Um, yeah, I mean, right now it's 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 a little bit of a uh, you know, a quagmire, a Donnybrook, uh, you, multiple names you could give to it, but um, some I can't say out loud, but yeah, it, it's brutal. I mean, you you had Derrick Henry, you had the best running back in football, and he goes out with an injury. Now, granted, the team leaned on him heavily and they have a run first approach, but you're looking at Adrian Peterson trying to come back and make waves at 36. And again, he's a name and he's got some power, but Again, he's looking a little bit longer in the tooth, and he's trying to get caught up to speed. He didn't have training camp. He didn't um, He didn't get the playbook right away like some of these guys. Dante Foreman, uh, we talked about him last week as far as being a great comeback story, former Houston Texans running back who filled in admirably 
yet this week he kind of took a step back. Jeremy McNichols, who had been the number two running back, but obviously they were going to add to that. He's a guy who was in, I believe, concussion protocol, so he was out. Enter Dontrell Hilliard. Oh, by the way, a former Cleveland running back who, again, just was probably the odd man out there. He comes on and and comes off the practice squad and, and leads the team this past weekend. Again, it's it's just it's crazy. It's hard to to say maybe who's the guy right now. I think they're really trying to feel it out and see who can be the most consistent. Again, they weren't worried even with Henry. They weren't worried about the yards per carry a game and stuff. It was about keeping the defense honest. And yet Henry was just that superhuman running back. Well, you don't have it with any of these guys. So I think right now being able to turn around and and pick out the best guy, it's kind of tricky. I mean, I picked up Peterson in our league. I had had McNichols earlier in the season, didn't need him. Foreman's gone. Hilliard's going to be a big name this week. It's it just it's it's a little murky for me, but I, I mean, right now Hilliard seems like he had the most consistent game. I know he fumbled near the goal line yesterday, and if he had had that, he would have had somewhere around in our league, like around like twenty five points maybe. So again, that's a, that's a big number to kick out for a running back. That's that's RB one territory. Um, is he the guy? I don't know, Pat. What do you think? Well, I mean, it looks like he. He sort of stepped into the Jeremy McNichols role. He he was second on the team in carries behind Peterson. So Peterson still seems like he's probably the you know first and second down back. Hilliard came in and, and actually led the team in targets with 10 and receptions with eight. So again, that to me says that his production was more or less because of Jeremy McNichols absence. So mm-hmm. moving forward, I don't, I'm not going to run out to the waiver wire and pick up Hilliard. I don't think that even if he ends up getting the same kind of snap share and the same kind of work that he got, you know, this, this past week, I don't see him being a valuable part of the offense once McNichols comes back, because now you're looking at splitting that backfield, what, four different ways. So, yeah. I mean, you don't even want a timeshare. Like, I don't even like as much as I like Ramondre Stevenson, I don't like Stevenson with Harris there. I don't like Harris with Stevenson there in New England. So if you're asking me, like, you know, do I want uh, one back out of a four back backfield? Uh, I, I would rather just stay away from all of them because you could guess right and put the right guy in any given week. But what do you what's what are your chances of that? It's a 25% chance that you're going to get the guy who has the most production. And even yeah. still, what does that get you fantasy-wise? I mean, Hilliard's numbers in a full PPR, which is what we play in, you know, League of Record, you're only looking at about what 15, 16 points, I think he scored. And that's because he had eight, you know, receptions. Yep. So I mean, it, yeah, okay, I guess right. And I and I get you know, 16 points, like I would much rather, I mean, if you're super desperate, sure, but I'd much rather take a shot somewhere else than touch, honestly, any of these guys or play any of these guys on a given week personally. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's a slot machine and Vrabel being the coach and he's a Belichick disciple. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's all about hot hand, uh, a script to play for a situation, things of that nature. Uh, And again, at the goal line, maybe you think they probably lean Peterson, but at the same time, right now, it seems like they're leaning tight end uh, in the red zone because they got a couple of guys that are making plays for him there. Yeah, and 
you know, even if you could predict based off of, you know, like, oh, this is going to be a game where the Titans should be ahead. So I'll play Peterson because I think he's going to get, you know, a bunch of carries and, you know, possible goal line work. Well, that was the case against the Texans this weekend. You would think that yeah. they would have been ahead and Peterson would have gotten plenty of work. And that wasn't that wasn't the case, you know, so I, it's just it's it's too unpredictable. The, the Titans have been unpredictable. The whole NFL has been unpredictable, but the Titans offense has been one of the most unpredictable. They showed up against the Rams and played outstanding and then completely just dropped the ball against the Texans. So, I mean, to, to be able to try to guess which guy is going to be the guy for any given game, it for me, it's just I, I'm not playing with that fire. A fire that I am willing to play with, however, is uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. from the San Francisco 49ers. We saw uh, him get the bulk of the work in relief of Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell went out with a, uh, had some finger surgery, uh, minor surgery in his finger. And the Niners thought that he was going to be able to kind of have that surgery and then, you know, play through it. But um, unfortunately for him, he was not. Uh, Fortunately for Jeff Wilson, he took the lead role in the backfield this week. He led the team with 19 carries and 62.5% of the snaps. He did split carries with Trey Sermon and with Debo Samuel, who still together only had 18 of the carries. So, so he did you know, eclipse both of their numbers combined. Unfortunately, Debo had the one long run for a touchdown. You know, that's just is what it is. That, that could have very easily been Jeff Wilson on that play. He's got that kind of skill set to where he can take a uh, you know, an inside handoff and, and break it for a touchdown. I do think when Elijah Mitchell comes back, I think the reason you saw a lot of Debo Samuel getting carries and obviously Trey Sermon, who, you know, just seems to be like, all right, somebody's hurt. Come on, Trey, you can, you're allowed to play this game. The reason you saw those guys was because Elijah Mitchell was out. I think once Mitchell comes back, whether that happens to be this week or next week, I think all that really does is cut Sermon's work and probably you won't see as many carries for Debo Samuel. But I still think that this one-two punch in San Francisco, which it's been pretty much for, from the beginning of the year, you've had Mitchell and Hasty. You've had, you know, now you have Wilson and uh, Sermon. You had Mitchell and Sermon earlier in the year. Kyle Shanahan likes to employ two backs, um, sometimes more than two backs, but mainly two backs. And I think that, when Mitchell becomes healthy, I think that it's going to be Mitchell and Wilson. Mitchell obviously is the one, Wilson is the two, but I do still think that Jeff Wilson has some playability moving forward. And I think if for whatever reason, you know, Mitchell goes out again or, or this finger thing lingers for more than just this past week, I think that Wilson has a great opportunity to, to lead this backfield or at least be a, a big part of it moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree. I do agree. I think that is, uh, I, I think it's spot on. I mean, yeah, Wilson is, he's a guy we've seen, I think in the past, he had like, you know, some ridiculous games with two, three touchdowns, maybe four. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think having him as, as the, as the guy to be maybe, uh, maybe the RB2 for that team is pretty solid. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's Mitchell's backfield. I, I do agree. Rounding out the running back position this week, we're going to look at our old buddy, Latavius Murray. He's back. Yes, he came back from injury. Uh, He was second on the team in carries this week. 
at a paltry 3.2 a carry, but it really is just him kind of getting worked back into it. He did have a couple of receptions that helped out as well. Uh, it was an odd game for Baltimore overall, so maybe uh, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Lamar Jackson was out. Enter Tyler Huntley at quarterback, who tried to, you know, make things happen. And uh, he wasn't really able to, but again, it's not hard to make things happen when you're playing the Bears. So lo and behold, uh, the Baltimore Ravens did come back in the end and, and won the game. Murray getting back on the field, he had been their most productive running back. Uh, you have seen Devonta Freeman step his game up uh, to the point where they released Le'Veon Bell. Looks like uh, his career may be uh, on the outs when it comes to that team. Tyson Williams, uh, hardly knew you. Again, he had a nice game or two. Uh, and, and, you know, you always get your your Patrick Ricard game where maybe he gets a couple goal line touchdowns and vultures you. But I would say Latavius Murray is a nice safe flex floor, maybe an RB2 if you're if you're stuck on a bye week. Uh, he has put up points for you in the past. And and again, he's coming back off an injury. So in a in a quirky game, but but he was a guy to get you anywhere from eight, nine points to 13, 14 points a game. I will take that as a flex. I will take that maybe as my RB2 in a, in a down week. And it's a run first team with Baltimore. We know that again, RB1 being Lamar, that offense was a little out of sync last week, but I wouldn't worry about it as long as Lamar Jackson's there. I think Latavius Murray is a solid pickup. Yeah, I think Freeman has definitely earned a little bit of of work in that offense. He's performed pretty admirably in Murray's absence. So I do see that being a, a closer to a 50-50 split moving forward. But, you know, you could do worse than a 50-50 split of the Baltimore offense, you know? Yeah, all right. Well, I think that's it for running backs, unless there's anybody else that you uh, that you want to mention that we may have forgotten. No, no, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, a lot of a lot of names out there. And again, some of them might be a one hit one week wonder, but uh, a couple of these guys, I think, will, will definitely be worthy of a roster spot for you. All right. So let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, we have a, a few wide receivers who are uh, we've mentioned before. So. Uh, we're not going to go into too much detail on all these guys, but um, one guy who I was shocked to see was only rostered in 51% of leagues was Darnell Mooney. It, it it baffles my mind how he hasn't, he should be rostered in at least 80% of leagues at this point. Like he he's still less rostered than Allen Robinson, which I mean, I get it. Robinson has the name and, and you don't want to let go of a guy like that. But Mooney has officially become the number one wide receiver for this team. I mean, even before this past week where he had 16 targets uh, against Baltimore, he was already out targeting Allen Robinson 59 to 50 and had a 36 to 30 edge in receptions. I mean, neither Bears quarterback really gives me a ton of confidence in starting Mooney week to week. But I think that there's definitely potential for him and there's definitely worse guys that you could play in your in your flex but like i would take mooney in my flex over any of the running backs that we talked about picking up except for maybe possibly ty johnson this week and that's just because of the carter injury but i mean i think mooney is he's a star in the making and it's just a a matter of the bears offense you know figuring things out before he becomes you know, one of those guys that were drafted in, in the, you know, fourth, fifth round next year in fantasy drafts. Yeah. You, you've seen a 
a definite changing of the guard where Allen Robinson, you know, I, I think he still is <laughs> probably a solid wide receiver and, and they're in a tricky situation in Chicago. It looks like the coach uh, has seen better days and, and the quarterback play. I saw where uh, Andy Dalton will be starting Thursday. Uh, he, he did a valiant effort to try to bring them back in that game. Again, the bears have had injuries and whatnot, but Mooney has, you know, he has really been just kind of quietly there all season. And like you said, it is surprising that he was so openly available in a lot of leagues. And again, you know, for for instance, our league, yeah, he's a he's a Connor. You're, you're definitely going to have him, definitely going to have him on the roster. Um, but but at the same time, for a lot of people, he is arguably a wide receiver one on a lot of teams that you know may be playing from behind and and trying to get back in games. So I think that the fact that he's there and available. Definitely worthy of a roster spot and definitely startable based on the, you know, the, like you say, that the targets he receives, the the opportunity is there, whether or not he's able to totally take it to that next level, you know, we will see. But it does look like he is that guy that that is truly going to be there. And, and for him and Justin Fields, you know, you figure he's going to be their quarterback. That That isn't a bad idea to maybe hang on to him and and maybe even, you know, franchise him, keep him as a keeper and uh, or look to draft him high next year based off his abilities from this year. Going to move on to a good old buddy of mine. Good old. I'm, I'm going to sing a song. Uh, it's E Elijah, E, E, Elijah. Oh, my daughter sings it a lot for our cat. I'm going to sing it for Elijah Moore. Uh, I love this guy. Wait, you uh, named your cat after Elijah Moore? Uh, his no, no, they named Elijah Moore after the cat. Oh, actually. oh, that makes more sense. Your cat's probably older. Uh, he's actually he's young, he's athletic, uh, he's a home run hitter. Uh, he helps his team come from behind. Uh, no, that that's Elijah Moore. I'm sorry, I get all confused all the time. Yeah, well, you know, uh, at the end of the day, this guy has really stepped into the role that I think people thought he was going to have. Um, you're looking at some of those wide receivers from uh, from Ole Miss, and you have DK Metcalf, you have AJ Brown, who are considered top ten studs, futures of the NFL, uh, and people thought the same about this guy. And then he's on the Jets, and it takes a minute. You got a rookie quarterback, yada yada, to see the level of production that he has been putting up over the last couple of weeks is really really awesome to see. I feel that it, the fact that he's on a waiver wire right now is downright criminal. Uh, I mean, the last the last four weeks, he's wide receiver six. He's got three touchdowns already. It took a minute for him to get the, the game speed. It took a minute for him to get the NFL down. It took a minute for him to go through one, two, three, four quarterbacks uh, in his rookie season. So, and again, you have a young rookie coaching staff, the whole nine yards. This kid's legit. Uh, I think everything from here on out for him is onward and upward. Yeah, he may have a game or two uh, where he, you know, you know, maybe doesn't kill everybody. But, but at the end of the day, Elijah Moore right now is really, really good. Uh, again, he, he's putting up points in boatloads uh, when you really look at it. I mean, over the late again, it's just looking at it over the last four weeks and, and what he's really been able to do production wise uh, has been really good for that entire team. And and again, he's he's getting the goal line work. Uh, it, they're looking at him as probably between him and Michael Carter, 
but but I think they probably lean a little more Elijah Moore. And the two of them are helping each other out. So it'll be interesting to see with Carter going out if Moore maybe regresses a tiny bit because some of the focal point goes into the passing game. But but I think he's in a good situation there. And and I love me some Elijah Moore. Yeah, I think that um this is just my personal opinion. I, I think that next year, I think the Jets are gonna be a much, much better team. I, I mean, if you look at yeah, you know. Wilson, obviously, he struggled a little bit so far, but Carter's starting to emerge as, you know, the number one running back. Moore is now, you know, has now officially taken over the team in, in as far as the target leader. I think that, you know, as these three young guys gel together and, and keep playing together and sort of, you know, the three of them get on the same page with Robert Sala and him being a defensive coach, I think if you, if the if the Jets can f- get their defense figured out, if they can pick up a few pieces in this draft, maybe sign some free agents. I really think the Jets have a shot at being, you know, maybe not necessarily a playoff team, but I mean, in the next three or four years, I mean, when all these rookies are are starting to come towards the end of their their rookie contracts, I I can see the Jets being a legitimate contender and being a really good team. So yeah, Elijah Moore excites me. If, if you have him in dynasty, congratulations! You uh, yeah, you made a great pick because I think he's going to be a, a, an absolute superstar in this league. Another young guy who missed his uh, his fifteen minutes of fame this week, unfortunately, was uh, a guy that we had talked about picking up pretty much every week now since he's been healthy as Rashad Bateman for the Baltimore Ravens. He's still only owned in forty four percent of leagues. I was a little disappointed. I you know I had sort of been pumping this guy up for again the last month or so and with the news that hollywood brown was going to be out this week i was really looking forward to seeing bateman as the number one wide receiver in that in that offense and then unfortunately we find out sunday morning that lamar jackson's going to be out and and like you said earlier we were going to get the the tyler huntley show so yeah, that was, that was the big wet fart for you <laughs> i know i actually took him out of one of my lineups where i did have uh, what I thought was a better option uh, in, in that league, but uh, I did play him in our league of record, and he did, you know, like you said, give me a big wet fart in return for all of my, uh, yeah, for all of my confidence I've had in him. But I do still think he's super talented. I think that, um, you know, with Lamar Jackson there, even with Hollywood Brown back, I still think he's got a lot of potential, and I think that he's a guy that if you're in a spot where you don't like your your the buys aren't affecting you and you don't have to you know pick up guys to start like this week i think he's a great pick up and hold the ravens have a pretty good schedule down the stretch in the playoffs and in the fantasy playoffs i should say and um and i think bateman could be a guy who you know could potentially contribute to to helping you win your league as long as lamar jackson can keep his hands out of his mouth and stop getting sick <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, it, like you said, it, it the roller coaster of like, oh, that's great. He's going to get exposed, and he's going to be the guy, and he's, and then yeah, to see the quarterback that 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 was a that was a rough one, man, definitely. But no, I, I do see Rashad Bateman similar to Moore in a sense, where you know having that uh, young talent that has only had a few minutes to really be exposed. Now his he had a little bit of an injury that held him back, but. I think if he had been there all season, I think he'd be a tiny bit more established. And, and again, maybe Huntley would have been more confident going to him, had a little more rapport. 
moving on to an, a gentleman, I guess, that you could say is benefiting uh, from injury uh, would be that Van Jefferson from the Los Angeles Rams. He's, again, we, we had talked about him as, you know, a, a decent pickup to get on your roster. And then the news of Robert Woods going out, Odell Beckham Jr. joining the Rams, it, it kind of all just happened at once again. So he, he's a guy who we liked him. And then you weren't sure what to think between the up and the down of the injury. They're, they're coming off a of bye week. They're going up against Green Bay. It's going to be the game of the week, so to speak, a potential uh, a potential NFC championship concept. You know, sorry, Tom, uh, you know, but we're, we're talking about everybody right now. But with Green Bay and, and the Rams, if he's a dependable guy and he's still staying in that, you know, third banana role, so to speak, uh, but a big play ability guy, you're still getting used to having Beckham on the roster. And, and again, Stafford was a little banged up. He needed this time off. It's going to be interesting to see how they come out of the bye. But at the same time, he was giving you pretty solid production on a week-to-week basis and had a couple clunkers in there, uh, but then seemed to really kind of get into his own. And I know last year he was looked at highly when they drafted him out of Florida. Now they're they're really kind of looking to maybe include him in the offense a lot more. They let Deshaun Jackson go and whatnot. Uh, it's a pass first team. I, I mean, you know, we know the running games involved, but not to that level. So Van Jefferson, I think, is definitely a guy that, again, if he's floating around, pick him up. Because, again, that, that's a high-powered, high-octane offense with a solid quarterback. And, again, good players around him. So those wide receivers take some of that brunt of, you know, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. They're running down the field. They're dragging the coverage with them. Everybody's trying to cover. Suddenly Jefferson's open. He he'll, he'll get a couple big games. I think by the end of this year he's going to end up establishing himself would be uh, probably like a top twenty five maybe uh, wide receiver in the league. Yeah, and we still don't know. We haven't seen Beckham play in this offense yet, so we don't know for sure that you know he's going to come right in and gel with Stafford and and sort of you know fill that Robert Woods role. There's a potential that Van Jefferson ends up the number two wide receiver on that team from here on yeah. out. We don't know that for sure. I mean, Beckham's the bigger name, but you know, he's a big name in Cleveland and didn't produce. So there's, like I said, there's no guarantees uh, either way. Well, he, he did have a midget thrown to him too, but <laughs> didn't Jeez. help. Nice. Sorry. I'm sorry. A little person. I apologize. <laughs> so uh, one other wide receiver I want to talk about is <clears throat> Sterling Shepard. Unfortunately, he's not going to play tonight against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's he's still dealing with his injury, but he's available in about 58% of leagues. And I think that his injury has sort of, you know, being a, a lengthy injury has caused a lot of people to drop him. But now that he is returning to health, I think you need to grab him and put him on your roster. He was the number one wide receiver on that team when he was healthy, when everyone was healthy. And even though Kadarius Tony has sort of stepped up in the role that has sort of been vacated by all of these injuries to, you know, to Shepard and Galladay and, and Slayton, when Shepard's there, he is Daniel Jones's number one target. There's just no getting around that, that he's played with Jones the longest and they've always had a good rapport when they've played together. So 
if Sterling Shepard is available in your league, you need to go out and grab him and just put him on your put him on your bench and, and wait for him to come back. And when he does, I think uh, you can confidently play him as a wide receiver too or a flex pretty much every week. And I, you know, barring re-injury. No, I I agree. He's always been, especially in our league, I've always noticed he's always been that guy that's just been on the cusp of being on a a starting lineup or on a team. And, and again, it seems an injury setback here, an injury setback there, but he's always been a pretty solid contributor uh, consistently uh, when he's on the field and when he's healthy. And like you said, they have a few other moving parts right now for the giants, but I think it is good to see, uh, Good to see that he still has his big playability and that Jones is looking to him again as a, as a dependable asset uh, underneath and can make some big plays downfield as well. So uh, I do agree that Shepard should be worthy of a roster spot. One other that, that I'll say is probably a guy that you might want to remember. Uh, you know, we, we did have some ups and downs. Uh, we had Sam Darnold for the Carolina Panthers who had a couple great weeks and then a couple bad weeks, and now he's out with an injury. Cam Newton came back. Uh, I think we're all aware Cam is back. Superman is back in the building, and he's in Carolina. Uh, it was interesting to see this week where they played Washington and Ron Rivera, uh, who had been his coach when they made the Super Bowl, get back on the field, You know, do a little reminiscent of the good old days. And, and you're starting to see, I think, some of that already with with cam newton he, he's brought a different energy he he seems like he's a hungry guy uh, uh you know to say the least to, to prove a lot of people may be wrong uh or, or to show that he's he's back you know on that level I, I think a guy that maybe some people have already dropped because his production fell off a cliff is robbie anderson like everybody was so excited to see the the New York Jets reunion of Darnold and Anderson, where they had a nice rapport, some deep ball play, big games for, for both players, but especially for Anderson. And then it just seemed like he just wasn't involved or maybe the coverage schemes or I don't know what it was, but uh, he was not as involved. Now, again, you're also getting back Christian McCaffrey, uh, who finally came back and is healthy. So you do have that factoring in for you as well. But to see Robbie Anderson get back on the field, get a little bit involved. Uh, he was second on the team in receptions this weekend. And, you know, Cam's going to be looking his way. That, that is a good thing. Uh, that is very important to have that ability on your team. Get a guy like Anderson in your lineup, I think, and, and have him on your bench. Because now that Cam's back, that offense is totally different. I think it's going to be very dynamic uh, and worthy of roster spots for your team. Yeah, and since Cam came back, Robbie Anderson has had his best two game stretch of the season. So I think that that is a little uh, hopefully indicative of what could possibly be to come with uh, with Cam there. I think that Cam isn't necessarily the thrower that Sam Darnold is. Not that Darnold's much of a thrower either, but um, we saw Cam struggle a lot last year in New England. The fact that he helps move the offense creates more scoring opportunities, which creates obviously more touchdown opportunities for everyone else on the team. So while Cam is going to get his share of those touchdowns rushing, there's also a decent chunk of passing touchdowns that's going to be available to the team. And I think that that could help Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Uh, We saw DJ Moore sort of have a little bit of a a lull um, there when, when the offense started to, to sputter out a little bit under Darnold. So I think with Cam there, uh, this could be a good thing for the Carolina offense in in whole, 
and, and a really good thing to, like you said, get Robbie Anderson back to, to what he was last year. So one other guy that I want to mention real quick, he's not really a waiver wire ad as far as a season long stash, but um, particularly for this week, because of some extenuating circumstances with Amari Cooper being on the COVID list and CD Lamb being in the concussion protocol, uh, Cedric Wilson is a guy who's available pretty much in all leagues. He's, he's only rostered in about one and a half percent of leagues. And he could very well potentially be the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys uh, going into their game against the Las Vegas Raiders on Thanksgiving. You know, the Cowboys looked really bad on offense this past week. Uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks for them, but, you know, obviously they're talented and they have a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott, who I think can absolutely get the job done. So I think if you're hurting at wide receiver specifically for just this one week, you know, maybe you have uh, Tyree Kill or, you know, uh, one of the the many Arizona wide receivers that uh, are going to be on by this week and you need a spot start. I think Cedric Wilson is uh, just as good of a wild card as you're going to get anywhere else. So um, he's a guy that you can look at if you're if you're in a little bit of a pickle at the wide receiver spot this week. Yeah, yeah, to see Dallas kind of, you know, um, definitely on their heels a little bit offensively. So obviously somebody's got to get involved. And he had filled in admirably for uh, for Michael Gallup as a, you know, slot guy and, and third, fourth option for him. Uh, you know, definitely I, I do agree. You're, you're going to have to look at some options for Dallas between Cedric Wilson and, and maybe some of the tight end play to come back in. Yeah, and obviously Gallup will, will be probably heavily targeted in that offense as well. So, um, but Wilson Wilson's a big play guy, and I think that he definitely has a little bit of potential. All right, so let's move into our streaming section of the of the show. We're gonna give you a couple of quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses that you can consider streaming this week. If you're one of those teams who, you know, drafted you know a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, and you know maybe you don't necessarily need quarterback section, but usually at least from most of the fantasy leagues I play in, it's pretty difficult to not have to stream at least one of these positions. So we're going to give you a couple options that we like for this week and, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. If you have a better option, obviously stick with it. But if you're struggling and, and, you know, maybe you have somebody on by, or uh, you have, you're like me with, with uh, Kyler Murray in one of my leagues who hasn't played in a while. And, you know, he's going to be out again this week. Uh, you might have to look to, to one of these, options as a you know as a fill-in for for at least week 12 so uh, number one for me i have cam newton uh, versus the miami dolphins they're the sixth worst team versus the quarterback position obviously cam has played well um in the you know game in a quarter that he's played so far back with the carolina panthers so i really like him uh, again this week against miami uh, Mac Jones versus the Tennessee Titans. The Titans just gave up a ton of points to Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans. I think against the New England Patriots this week, New England wants to run the ball, but Tennessee does a really good job at stopping the run. I think New England is, is going to have to lean on Mac Jones a little bit more this week than, than they may be comfortable with or than they may be used to. Uh, but I do think that, you know, is a good thing for Jones's fantasy value because I do think that, uh, he's been making really good decisions with the football, and I think he's a, a great start this week against the Tennessee Titans. Also, we have Matt Ryan 
versus Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is mid-pack against quarterbacks, but I think Matt Ryan is one of those guys who, you know, he's, he maybe not be as talented as he once was, but he's still a very prideful guy. And I think that the beating that the the Falcons have taken in the last few weeks, uh, you know, I think Ryan's going to, going to kind of put it on his shoulders and, and take a, uh, take the approach that it's his responsibility to, to move this offense. And I think against a, a pretty weak Jacksonville defense, I think he's going to have an opportunity to do that. Also in the same game, if you're looking for a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence versus Atlanta, Atlanta's defense is the second worst versus quarterbacks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been great this year, but he stopped turning the ball over as much as he was in the beginning of the season, which is good. I think that the Jacksonville offense still sort of kind of is a, a throw to get inside the red zone. And then they sort of hand it to James Robinson and let him do the dirty work. But I do think there's an opportunity there for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence to, to get a few touchdown passes here against a, a pretty shaky Atlanta defense. And finally, if you're really struggling and looking for some, uh, some help at the quarterback position, maybe these other options, you, you either don't like them or, you know, maybe they're taken. Uh, I like Jimmy Garoppolo this week against Minnesota. Minnesota is the seventh worst defense to the quarterback position. And I know that the 49ers are a run first team and that tends to be their MO. Um, but I do think that, you know, with the talent at pass catching positions there in San Francisco with Debo Samuel, with now Brandon Ayuk sort of coming back into the fold. And obviously with George Kittle, I think that there's always potential for Garoppolo to, you know, throw three touchdowns in a game and, you know, this week against Minnesota, who uh, does a pretty good job against the run, but is is fairly weak against the pass. Uh, this could be one of those games where the Niners lean on their passing game a little bit heavier than they normally would. Also, the fact that Minnesota can score, which may force San Francisco to throw the ball a little bit more often. I think Jimmy G is a is a, a decent option. He's got a good a good floor. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he 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 may or may not get you touchdowns, but. I think he's he's at least a safe play to uh, to get you an average amount of points. You want to go through the tight ends? Oh, well, you know me. I love me some tight ends. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm that kind of guy, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's a couple names out there that you can probably lean on in a stream sense for this week based on the matchup, based on who they're going to go up against that, that tend to maybe – lead points enough to a tight end where, uh, you know, at that position, unless you have one of the big dogs, you're, you're maybe just looking to pick up a guy who, you know, is going to get you that touchdown and, and maybe four receptions, 30 yards and a touchdown. So if you end up with, you know, 10, 11, 12 points, you're head over heels because you don't really care too much about the position. Uh, uh, again, maybe you don't value it, but there's a couple matchups this week with, a couple different players that we're going to give you for tight end that that seem to be in a in a pretty good spot. Uh, I, I think based on based on the matchups, and I mean that's why it's a week to week game. First name we're going to talk about. Let's go into Evan Ingram. And while we're maybe not super high on this guy all the time, uh, he's always shown flashes of potential with the New York Football Giants. Uh, this week he's going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. From what I know as an Eagles fan, is that uh, the Eagles are really, really bad uh, when it comes to uh, trying to defend against the tight end position. Uh, their linebackers are 
they're guys in a uniform on the field. <laughs> uh, that's maybe one way of putting it, but they aren't able to stop that position. Uh, I think, uh, did Adam Troutman get a touchdown catch this week, Pat? So he did, yeah. uh, he, he, he was able to, to make that happen, uh, but now he looks like he's expected to miss some some time with a sprained MCL. Uh, so Adam, Adam, we hardly can't stop but, him, but we'll hurt him. Yeah, hey, you know that's that's kind of Philly for you. You know what? <laughs> you might beat us, but I'm going to kick your ass. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting game this week. Uh, it's Eagles Giants. It's an NFC divisional battle uh it's a it's a rivalry it's it's pound for pound everybody says eagles dallas it's it's really it's eagles giants is really the the true big rivalry uh when it comes to that so evan ingram this week is going up against the philadelphia eagles and he is probably going to be somebody who makes some plays uh he is probably somebody who's going to make multiple receptions uh he is probably somebody who is going to score a touchdown uh, i i hate to say it again I'm, a, I'm an eagles fan but again the eagles are the worst and, and i'm not saying this as a personal affront uh statistically they're the worst defense against tight ends so evan ingram is a guy that you might want to throw into your lineup this week if you're looking to stream a tight end another name uh and you know i toyed around with making him my start of the week but i, I deferred Austin Hooper, he's an odd player. Uh, he's really good. He's in an offense that's run first, and they have a quarterback who has is injured right now uh, and sometimes has a little bit of a, a limit to his skill set. But Austin Hooper is going up against those Baltimore Ravens, another heavy divisional matchup. Uh, we're in the back end of the schedule now, the end game, so you're going to see a lot of these happen. Baltimore is one of the worst also, not the worst. We know it's the Eagles, but one of the worst against the tight end. He's had some nice games for them. Uh, again, he might be a little bit touchdown dependent, but I mean, in the last four weeks, he's a top 20 tight end, does have a touchdown reception to get some red zone looks. So now that ODB is gone, they're probably going to be looking around to different players and, and Hooper. It could also be a, a David and Joku game but again the cleveland tight end position i think hooper is the one he's probably the guy your best bet is on moving on to another tight end jack doyle we're all big fans of him uh we might also want to look at mo alley cox uh some combination of the two going up against the tampa bay buccaneers uh that vaunted tampa bay bucks defense isn't as vaunted uh, against the tight end position. They're one of the bottom feeders when it comes to that. Their linebackers are usually attacking the quarterback, attacking the running back. They're in the backfield. So they are susceptible to big plays to the tight end position. We've seen it happen throughout the season. We have used them as our uh, whipping boy, so to speak, uh, against that position on multiple occasions. Uh, this probably is going to be another one of them. You're looking at an offense right now in Indianapolis that is running back heavy, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, a great quarterback in Carson Wentz who seems rejuvenated and loves him some tight ends. So he will definitely get them involved. Last but not least, a, a guy that has just quietly come along and, and is definitely validating uh, where he was picked for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Fryermuth. He is actually going to be my start of the week at tight end as well, but he is just really become a focal point in that offense. Ben Roethlisberger, as well as Mason Rudolph, when he filled in, are looking at him uh, as a big option. Uh, again, he's a good pass blocker. He's a good run blocker. But when he gets out into space and starts to make plays, 
Uh, you're starting to see why they drafted him on his potential out of Penn State uh, to be a playmaker, a game breaker, and has the potential to be maybe in a year or two uh, on that next level. Right now, he's probably easily going to finish the season in the top 10. And, and again, he definitely looks to be a guy down the road that's going to be a, a monster at the tight end position. So Pat Fryermuth uh, rounds out the streamer. So it was Evan Ingram versus Philly, Austin Hooper versus Baltimore, Jack Doyle or Mo Alley Cox, probably going to pick up a score against Tampa. Uh, and last but not least, Pat Fryermuth uh, for your tight end streamer against those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, those guys are all solid options this week. Moving on to the streaming defenses for the week. We have a few here for you. For me, number one is Carolina. I, I say streaming defense. Uh, Carolina may not be available. I know in in the, the research I was doing, on some sites that were fairly heavily rostered, on others they weren't. In NFL.com, which is the site that we use for our league of record, they were only 39.8% owned, so I threw them in here um, as being the best option going against the Miami Dolphins, who are the seventh worst team to the defense special teams. Uh, the Dolphins have, they're, they're not terrible, but they're still turning the ball over a lot and they're still um, not scoring a ton of points, which you know is, is obviously good for your, for your defense if you're starting. So number one for me is Carolina. Number two, I'm gonna take the Chicago Bears versus the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. The Lions are the fifth worst team to the defense special teams and they could be without Jared Goff for another week. I know that, you know, it doesn't sound like a huge deal, but uh, as we saw this past Sunday, Jared Goff is, is a starting quarterback in this league for a reason. He's uh, he's, he's not the best in, in league by any means, but uh, you know, you put a guy in there like um, who the hell was it that even started for them this week? Oh, uh, Tim Boyle, uh, there former, you go. former Packers practice squad, uh, stud, yeah, who, uh, and he came from Connecticut, so yeah, it's not like he's got not not the state, the university, so yeah, yeah. So you put a guy in there like Tim Boyle, and you and you start to see why Jared Goff was uh, number one overall pick in in the draft a few years back. These teams actually played in Week Four, and Chicago had a, a decent nine points uh, against Detroit's. Um, I, I definitely don't see a reason why they can't play them just as well. Uh, especially with a backup quarterback in there for Detroit. Number three for me, uh, believe it or not, is actually the Houston Texans going up against the New York Jets. The Jets are the second worst team to the defense special teams. The Jets are still turning the ball over a ton. And Houston actually isn't terrible. They're they're forcing the third most turnovers per game uh, in the entire NFL. They're They're getting almost two turnovers per game. So uh, you know, the combination of the Jets turning the ball over at a really high rate and Houston being one of the better teams taking the ball away is always a good option for fantasy points for your team. Number four is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Giants are the 12th worst team to the defense and special teams. And I just am, I, you know, being an Eagles fan, you're you're fairly critical of your own team. I think probably more than you are of other teams. But honestly, the Eagles' defense has looked really good. They, I mean, they gave up some points to New Orleans this past week, but a lot of that was when they were so far out ahead that you know it's 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 one of those things where you're just trying to not give up a a big play and let the other team get back into the game quickly. So 
Um, you can't really always uh, fault a team for giving up points at the end of a game. So I, I really like Philly against the Giants, who, you know, again, with the injuries and the struggles, have just not been great this year. And then there's two teams that I like it that are playing each other, Atlanta and Jacksonville. Both of these offenses have been shaky and they've turned the ball over a lot. I think that you could go with either, but, but I but I actually like Jacksonville's defense a little better only because Atlanta is the worst team versus the defense in fantasy football. Jacksonville's the sixth worst, but I think that Jacksonville is, um, I don't know, to me it just seems like Jacksonville is sort of on the way up. I feel like they've been playing better football recently and Atlanta has just really been struggling. I know earlier we talked about Matt Ryan potentially being a uh, a streamer, and and I do think that they're you know against that Jacksonville defense. I do think that that's possible that Ryan could uh, have a very good game, but it's also very possible that Jacksonville, um, you know, who just held the the Buffalo Bills to six points a few weeks ago, could shut these Falcons down and and have a pretty good game defensively. So I do think either of those teams. I think it's going to be a fairly low scoring game, and I think either of those defenses is uh, is viable this week in in a start, a spot start, if you need them, any, uh, any other defenses you see that you like this week or, uh, no, no. Uh, again, one of your, one of your mentions is actually a, a, a lean on my side. Uh, uh, I'll bring that up when we get to our, our true picks, uh, for the week, but no, I, I like I said, I, I think you nailed it when it came to looking at the, the matchups and, and yeah, that, that Jacksonville Atlanta game, well, on the surface may be, you know, maybe a head scratcher to say, huh, why would you do that? Uh, I did toy around with even at the Atlanta side of it. I did see where Jamal Agnew is now out for the season. Uh, he had been a pleasant surprise for Jacksonville. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the offense, again, he wasn't the focal point, but he had been at the same time a little bit involved, uh, a borderline focal point of the offense. To see who steps up, does LaVisca Chenault get off the milk carton? Is he now part of that offense again? We will see. But yeah, there's definitely, I think that game has a potential for maybe a shootout with a lot of turnovers and quarterback sacks and a lot of drop back plays. So yeah, I like that call. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Our email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click on the little plus to follow the show. And if you like what we do, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy info to take your team deep here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.